today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's uh, back to work today for Doug Ford after five months away from the Ontario legislature. Uh, they resume sitting today. And we're told from the Premier's office that it's going to be a, uh, a kinder, gentler government than we saw in the first year and a half or so. Uh, we'll delve into that right now. Henry Jasek is with us, Professor of Political Science at McMaster University here in Hamilton. Henry, good morning. How are you today? I'm just great. Happy Monday. Happy Monday and happy back to work day, I guess, for Doug Ford. This is a, the, the longest, uh, I guess, time off. I mean, this is quote-unquote summer recess, but the longest one in the last 25 years. It was rather odd, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a very yeah a very long time. I think there was one that was uh, around the same amount when Harris was in uh, uh, around 1999, but that was a long that was 20 years ago. So I can't remember exactly how long that was, but that was a long one away. But this is yeah, this was a very long way uh, one away. Uh, they should have been back at work right after Labor Day, like most of us, and uh, and they decided that they were going to take time off and really free up a lot of their people who actually campaigned. Uh, for the federal conservatives, uh, so uh, that that was the real reason, and also to keep Doug Ford under wraps, uh, so he wouldn't antagonize people more than he already has. Well, and I know they continue to deny that even now, but I mean that's that's yeah. the reality of it. I mean, you know, I think yeah, he, the only public appearance he showed the whole campaign was the plowing match, and I don't think he took questions of that thing. But I, that's that's water under the bridge now because I mean the, the right. auction's over. Sheer lost anyway. Uh, and right. lost in Ontario, and, and so right. uh, we, we've moved on. But but l- let's let's you know take this as almost the halftime report, I guess, of right. the Ford government because they're, re- they're really about halfway through their mandate right now. Can they change gears the way they seem to indicate that they want to here, Henry? Well, you have to have to see what they're going to do. Uh, are they actually going to change it? Uh, the first thing, well, the first thing is Ford himself. Uh, there's a lot of things he can do. Uh, I mean, he's given an interview where he seems like he's going going to have a, you know be nicer to the opposition and not so not so nasty uh we'll have to see uh but you know just taking him as a premier of the province uh, it is interesting to look at the other premiers there was a whole bunch of premiers who really did fight against uh, um Justin Trudeau in the federal election uh he won and what what did we see is they started splitting up the New Brunswick conservative premier and the Manitoba conservative premier said well, we got to face reality. Uh, Justin Trudeau won. We have to deal with them. We got to stop fighting with them. Th- that seemed pretty reasonable. Now, of course, that was contrasted with the two belligerents, uh, premiers in Saskatchewan and in Alberta. They're all, they're not only, you know, they're not only out west, but they're all really isolated. I mean, of all the premiers, they're they're the ones who seem like they just don't accept, uh, you know, the federal election result. And we know, and then Ford says now he's going to have to work with the federal government, although apparently he's going to keep, go ahead with the carbon tax lawsuit, which I think is not going to get him any friends in Ontario, but uh, we'll see about that. Yeah, and, and that's really contrary to something he had mentioned during the campaign, that if, uh, if, yes. if Trudeau was reelected, that he said he would probably drop the whole thing, as, as the premier of New Brunswick has done, by the way. Uh, with that same reality, figuring, you know what, that seventy uh, percent of the people in this country voted for a political party that supports a carbon tax. So he says, "We're we're out of this. We're just it is what it is. We don't like it, but it is what it is." Right. Uh, but Doug Ford doubled down on it and simply said, "No, I changed my mind. I'm going to go ahead with this." And- yeah, see, that that I think is a mistake. And I mean, some of his uh, backbenchers and I think uh, or member other MPPs and some of the staff there said, hey, "You know, you have to take a look at what happened in the federal election." The heart of you know of Ford's support, um, Etobicoke, Mississauga, 
you know, Scarborough, the Liberals won every seat there. And in his own personal seat in Etobicoke North, the Liberal cabinet minister got a lot more votes, both higher percentage and a lot more votes than Doug Ford ever got. So, you know, they say, you know, so they're looking at that and they say, boy, we really have to play nice with the federal government. And we, and I think they're hoping that uh, the premier is going to really do, change his stripes here because they're really concerned, you know, by the time they hit the next election, they're going to be, you know, really, really in the, in the dumps otherwise. I guess one of the things that's always bothered me, and I'm going to look with great interest to see if, if this changes at all, is the attitude of, of not just the government, mm-hmm. but Ford himself. Uh, right. Because they've always used, and I understand there's always going to be some bombast from any political party that gets sure. elected, you know, that, well, you know, this was our mandate. Uh, I, I hope at some point, even behind closed doors, he's come to the realization that one of the reasons he won a majority government is because they wanted Kathleen Wynne out of here. It wasn't so much they liked what he was doing because he was pretty vague on his campaign promises anyway. But you've got to have a little humility, and I'm hoping Justin Trudeau's learned that lesson with this election, and I'm hoping Ford has come to that realization as well, that not everybody supports everything this guy wants to do. Yeah, that's right, and that was a terrible mistake. And a lot of politicians who win a victory think, oh, they love me, when in fact they should point, they should really recognize they didn't like the person who was in office. They didn't pay much attention to you. They just wanted to get rid of the person, and we know that, you know, uh, Kathleen Wynne uh, was terribly unpopular by the end of her four-year majority uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. But the, what the reasons weren't, however, what the reasons weren't, that they weren't of a lot of the policy things she was proposing in that last year. In fact, they, uh, people actually liked him, but, but she, you know, that wasn't good enough for people to say, we're going to vote for you. They, they just didn't like her. Doing those. Because we're doing those. And so the Ford people came in, and Ford himself said, we're going to get rid of all those because they elected us, and they obviously must dislike what she did. And so they, they misread that. And then they, uh, and, and I know I talked to a lot of Tories over the past year, and they had this attitude. It was very troubling to me. Is they said, oh, now we're going to get even with the liberals. We're going to get rid of everything we've done, and it's, it's, a, it's a time for settling scores. And I said, geez, and I, just, I would just listen to this, and I said, that is not a good idea. You know, so you don't come into office and say you're going to settle scores with the people you just trashed and threw out because, you know, you're, you're misreading what the, what the voters really want you to do. They, the voters really want you to be, you know, a different government and maybe, you know, fine-tune uh, po- policies they like that the liberals had, but they don't want you to go in there, you know, with, uh, with an axe and just be cutting away all sorts of stuff that people like, but, you know, they just want a different administration. Well, and, and that's going to be interesting to see just what kind of an attitude they take to this. Now, I know he has made some changes in the cabinet, and uh, yeah. some of the more contentious ministers have been shifted around to, to less right. important portfolios. Uh, but I, even from day one here, Henry, I mean, what they do this week, I think, is going to actually be a kind of a bellwether as to what whether or not there is going to be a change of attitude. I mean, there is a pending teacher strike here, and I mean, if they don't oh, get yeah. to work on that pretty soon, that's going to happen. Uh, he's going to continue spending his $30 million fighting the carbon tax, even though he's lost that already in court. Right, he's going right. to take that all the way to the Supreme Court. So it's it's one thing to, for a government to say we're going to be changing and we're going to do things differently, but uh, if it's going to be the same old act, then, you know, what's 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 to believe now? Yeah, I mean, he has to... Uh, yeah, he has to, the, the teacher's uh, situation is an interesting thing, is that there are a lot of people, and there, were, there are actually some people in the Liberal Party as well, you know, who think, you know, they ought to be tougher on the teachers. But we know education is really a tough, a tough nut for any government. First of all, I mean, parents, 
care about the education their students, their, their kids are getting, uh, you know, all the way up, you know, especially with the elementary and high school, but also even beyond that. But education is important because they, they see that as the future of their children. If children don't get a good education, if they're not taken care of, if they're not help, put on the, you know, the right road to success as, as adults, then that's going to negatively affect their family, and that is a really critical thing. And so the teachers have been pretty good, and a lot of the other people in in the uh, education area have been pretty good in convincing the parents, we're on your side. We're going to take care of your kids. What we're fighting for are things not only to put money in our pocket, but we're fighting for things like you know, small, smaller class sizes, more individual attention, better facilities uh, in, in, uh, for the students. And so the, the teachers have are in a very strong position and they I know you know they certainly the governments would all like to pay them less money than they do but they they're not you know they have to deal with the situation that they have and the teachers just have a lot of support from from parents and that's uh, and there's there's a lot of and those parents will vote and be active in in the next uh, provincial election well and that's an interesting point as i say if this is by i guess definition the kind of the halfway point in this four year mandate uh, at some point, somebody in that party, if it's not Ford, it's got to be one of his advisors, if he has any of those, is going to have to say, look, you're going to have to change things. Uh, I guess the bottom line here, Henry, is governments that have 19% approval rating don't get reelected. And if he That's wants to right. get reelected, he's got to do something differently. That's right. I mean, he's lost over half of his his, his voters within within a year, uh, you know, in a year and a half. I mean, it's uh, it's an incredible fall. I mean, that never happened to... Any other premier that I can think of uh, certainly didn't happen to Kathleen Wynne. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, that is a tremendous fall. And so they, they completely misread the, the electorate. And, of course, he made bad mistakes in terms of people he favored early on, in terms of playing favorites, putting, putting uh, you know, his, his, his buddies into the cabinet office, uh, running, running uh, not the cabinet office, his office, running his office, trying to get some of his buddies into important jobs like, uh, you know, the OPP commissioner. You know, that, that, those were terrible, terrible mistakes. The other thing that I think will sober him up a little is that, um, you know, and if he reflects on it, is, is the fact that I know when he was, uh, when he and his brother were very active in, uh, you know, in the, in the city of Toronto, they got a lot of people uh, to vote for them who were working class people who normally would vote NDP. And he boasted, I know Doug would vote, boast to people, he said, we're not only you know, my brother and I aren't only successful in Toronto because of, of conservatives. He said, we're successful because these working class NDP people have s- supported me. And he believed that, and I think he believed that even coming into the, uh, uh, into the election in his first year. But he had a, you know, but, but where he should give him pause is the fact that his av- uh, official opposition is the NDP. The NDP isn't as weak as he, th- he thought it was. So he's got to, he's got, he, he has to reflect that if he, you know, you know, if he stays down there at 19%, I mean, he's likely to run and come, come in third, not only second. So, and the NDP's not going away, and the Liberals are going to get a new leader, so they're going to get a bit better, although they have a long way to go. So he's got to, he's got to face up to this that he's going to have two strong opponents coming up in uh, 20. 22s probably. Well, and and again, it's going to depend on how he establishes relationships. Obviously, right. and, and it's not just you know the mandatory standing ovations that apparently his caucus oh, were yeah. told to give him. I mean, that was that got a little thin very very quickly. But right. it's it's going to be, I think, those federal and provincial relationships. I mean, I, right. I think your point's well taken. Premier Moe in Saskatchewan and Premier Kenny in Alberta have just pretty much decided that okay, they're going to be the federal government's enemy no matter what's going on there. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, they hate Justin Trudeau, and, and everything they say and do is going to be reflective of that fact that they just can't stand the guy. If mm-hmm. Ford joins in that, we've already seen that Ontarians are, are, are not going to buy into that anymore. Even if they don't like Trudeau, they think at least, you know, you guys have to learn to get along and work together. Yeah. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see just how much of an approach and what kind of an attitude he's going to take. That's right. And as, 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 and then as you were talking, you would just remind everybody again, the Liberals did very well in Ontario. And, they, uh, they actually picked up a seat. They had 76 last time, and they have 77, 78, I guess, now, because that other one, that writing, they had the, the recount. So right. they've actually increased their, their standing in Ontario. That's right. So they, they, they have strengthened. And so Justin Trudeau actually, in many ways, uh, looking at the, uh, all the party leaders, that he was more, more you know, he, he was the most favored leader, certainly in Ontario, and he got, <clears throat> he got the most seats. And so he, you know, you have to deal with him, and you, you have to be reasonable with him, and and uh, that that's what Ford has to do if he's going to try to get this support back. And the other level of government have to talk about the municipalities. I mean, they're, they're, I think Ford didn't quite realize that a lot of the policies that, especially that the Liberals were bringing in towards the end of their mandate, were very good for the municipalities. And we know that, and you would understand this given your, your background, you know, the, the, the mayors and the councillors have big jobs. They have a lot of responsibilities. People have a lot of expectations, and they don't have the revenues to meet them. And he's got to do something, essentially, to convince the mayors and the councillors of our municipalities that he's on their side. And I noticed I was happy to hear you're going to talk about affordable housing later on, and that's, that is a really big issue. And I think he's got. They've got to do something dramatic in that area because the, we do have a housing crisis in this in this in this province, and it's only going to get worse. Well, and, and therein lies the problem. And and you know, he if he does that sort of thing, Henry, he's going to have it would come election time in the next year and a half, two years for the provincial election. That is, uh, right. if he's if he's on side, he's going to have advocates in every city in the, in the province right now because they're going to say, hey, look look what the government's done for us. They're helping us. Uh, right That's now, right. they've still got their hand out and saying, you know, we, we are still facing a huge problem here at Hamilton, and I guess in right. just about every other city, about That's these right. cuts that he's announced. He delayed them until next year, but they're still coming. So this is only yeah. going to get worse unless he decides to change his mind on that, too. Yeah, and there's a lot of things he can do, as uh, you know, as, as a lot of the writings on affordable housing and would point out, that there there is a lot of um, provincial land around that can be used for affordable housing if he... Essentially, you know, you know, one big idea is, of course, to to let this land be leased land rather than having asking people to buy, you know, organizations who want to put affordable housing, let them lease the land from the province, and then they, oh, whatever cash they they raise after that, then they can put it into actually the housing itself. So, you know, there there's a lot of things he can do, and but if he starts right away, by the time he comes into his last year, he can be going around and cutting a lot of ribbons at a lot of housing developments, which will. Which, which would be very good for him. Certainly, I would advise him to do that. So what he does right now in the next year, you know, is going to, you know, if it, if it shows tangible progress and doing things for people, he's, he should have a very good year going into 2022. But he's got he's to do things immediately, and he's got to, you know, get those in train and get those policies going. And we're going to have to see what, what the... Whether he whether his agenda is going to do that sort of thing. Well, he says he's learned from his mistakes, and and let's just watch and see exactly what uh, what that means and and what that's going to entail. Uh, Henry, as always, thanks for this. Great having you on the show today. Okay, it's going to be an interesting week, that's for sure. It sure <laughs> is. Henry Jasek, uh, political science professor, of course, at McMaster University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from nine to noon on nine hundred CHML.